We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Great tackle, watch out! Burst of speed! Look at this freshman! Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. If you've been uh, paying attention over the past few weeks, uh, me and Stefan, my co-host, have been going back and forth giving you some college action, some NFL action, having a couple guests on. Uh, and focusing in on a wide variety of topics surrounding both college football and NFL. And we'll continue kind of alternating it like we have uh, up until college football and NFL kicks off here. Uh, But we'll dive back into kind of a mix of the two and some crossover episodes here soon as well. But if you're joining us for the first time, just to bring you up to speed, College of Canton is a show just really about the journey of all the best football players at all levels. From the time that they're just a high school football recruit, all the way to the discussion as to whether they should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And we always talk about some fantasy football since this is a Rotoviz radio podcast, but we always make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too while we're at it. And last week I talked about some of the uh, top freshmen coming into college football that could make a difference and have a true freshman breakout. Uh, But today I'm actually going to be talking about kind of flag planting on some of these other breakouts that you can believe in at the college football level that that are going to be in the pros uh, here very very soon and are going to be making a difference on fantasy football teams in the NFL and could make a difference on college decanton rosters and college fantasy football rosters this fall right away for you even if you don't play college fantasy football or college decanton leagues it's great to just get one step ahead of your fantasy football league mates knowing some of the top incoming players that are going to be making a difference at the next level here soon just want to talk about some of the quarterbacks that are going to be making a huge splash in college football already this year. You may be already familiar with a couple of these guys at first, but I'm I'm sure I'll introduce a name or two that you're not so familiar with here shortly. First off, CJ Stroud of Ohio State uh, is in an interesting spot. I've mentioned uh, the the Ohio State quarterbacks here on the last couple episodes that I've been on, but CJ Stroud, as of the last show, has already been kind of cementing his his starting quarterback role according to the camps and according according to Ryan Day uh, he is almost definitely going to be the, the go-to guy at the helm replacing Justin Fields now with the Chicago Bears and TJ Stroud has big shoes to fill but people don't always realize that TJ Stroud actually beat out 
DJ Uyunglele for Clemson and Bryce Young for Alabama, as well as every other single passer at the Elite 11 competition uh, when he was still in high school, which is, uh, if you're not familiar with the Elite 11 competition, it's basically a a passing camp, a passing competition, a quarterback competition uh, for all the best quarterback recruits to prove their worth, prove their stock. And uh, CJ Stroud actually won that competition among all the other best high school football passers at the time. And so he comes in as an incredible dual threat, uh, looked great in the spring, and has some of the best weapons to throw to in Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, as well as a true freshman, Emika Ebuka and Julian Fleming. The, the list goes on. Marvison Harrison Jr., just an absolutely stacked wide receiver room for him to target this year. Uh, even his weapons out of the backfield should be a lot of fun. So CJ Stroud could be, and this sounds lofty, but he could break out so much that he could be in the Heisman conversation uh, by midseason if things go right for him. But if he's not in the conversation, then two other guys I already mentioned, DJ Uyunglele for Clemson and Bryce Young will probably be breaking out at similar levels as well. Uh, if you're not familiar with DJ Uyunglele, he went to high school at St. John Bosco and was actually featured in the Netflix series QB1 by accident. Uh, it was his teammate that was actually supposed to get all of the praise, but he ended up replacing the defending national champion quarterback by uh, first or second week of that season and didn't ever let the foot off the gas pedal as he just cruised to some of the most ridiculous high school passing stats ever at basically the highest level you can even play at the position. And last year, he did really well in the two spots where he had to come in for Trevor Lawrence, both against Boston College and against Notre Dame. He should break out and dominate the ACC and take Clemson back to a, a, a playoff bid once again this year. And he's about six foot four, 250 plus pounds. So imagine a Cam Newton type of body, but perhaps way better accuracy already at the age of 19. That's the kind of player that we're talking about with DJU. So keep an eye on him to absolutely explode with his weapons, uh, hopefully getting healthy uh, for the first time and in some cases in a while at the wide receiver core. For Clemson, but we'll we'll get to those guys because we might see some some big names break out there. But Bryce Young for Alabama uh, comes in, hasn't really seen much, much action, tons of pressure, replacing back to back first round picks in Mac Jones and Tua Tunga Bailoa. Not to mention Jalen Hurts uh, having transferred out of Alabama, going to Oklahoma, and now at the Eagles. Lots of solid quarterback play at Alabama, but but he should live up to the hype. He's a little bit smaller uh, than uh, the typical quarterback that you see. Uh, but so was Tua Tungavaloa. Uh, Bryce Young played uh, just as just as well as uh, DJU out in California. Uh, it, basically the number one or two or three high school program in the country uh, at modern day and dominated there. Some of his teammates are, are dominating elsewhere at wide receiver positions all over the country right now. But Bryce Young, he's going to have a, a slew of freshmen to toss the rock to as well as John Mechie. Uh, returning from last year's team, and Jaleel Billingsley at tight end, who's really just kind of a, uh, a bigger, lankier wide receiver and how they used him down the stretch last fall. But Bryce Young should break out in a huge way. And those three quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud, D.J. Uyunglele, and Bryce Young, could all be in the first-round discussion in the 2023 
NFL draft. So keep an eye on those three. Those those three are the big names in college football that could absolutely explode alongside the common sense names like Spencer Rattler, who's already kind of done it for Oklahoma, Sam Howell, who's already done it for North Carolina, as well as some other quarterbacks. But uh, there are a few other fun guys who could ascend into the NFL draft discussions in their particular drafts if things go right this fall. I mean, I, I've talked about Tyler Buckner a ton on the show. I talked about him just last week. It did recently just come out in just uh, about two or three days ago as of this recording that Jack Cohn was 100% going to be the starter, endorsed by Brian Kelly, head coach of Notre Dame. Uh, and he was it basically talked about his consistency. But just a week ago, Brian Kelly did just talk about how uh, electric of a weapon Tyler Buckner was at the quarterback position. So if, if Cone ever struggles in any of their tougher matchups this year, we could get our first glimpse at what Tyler Buckner could be, and there could be tons of hype surrounding him pretty quickly. Uh, but at Texas, a lot of people want to talk about Texas because Steve Sarkeesian is now there, uh, goes there now from Alabama coming off that national championship. He's a really offensive-minded coach. Uh, really friendly for wide receivers, loves to get him in space. But uh, Hudson Card or Casey Thompson, it's, it's tough because right now, even as of this recording, it has not been announced which one of them is going to be uh, the go-to for the Texas Longhorns this year. Casey Thompson, of course, tossed four touchdowns against Colorado in the bowl game last fall. Uh, but there's been all this buzz since the spring about Hudson Card. So one of them, whoever is taking the helm for Texas, is going to explode for the Longhorns in a, in a huge way. And even if they only go the route of uh, you know somebody like Sam Ellinger, who you know gets late round, late round draft capital, it's still intriguing. But I think both of those players under Steve Sarkeesian could have a better career arc uh, in college and could perhaps be in line for more draft capital if things go well for either one of them this fall. Uh, and speaking of Colorado, you know, Texas beat Colorado in the bowl game last year, but but Colorado don't, doesn't does not get talked up a bunch in uh, college football or NFL draft circles because uh, they just haven't sent a ton of players to the pros. I mean, LaVisca Chenault's cool, uh, but uh, Brendan Lewis, their quarterback, uh, who is obviously going to be the quarterback now because J.T. Shrout actually just went down with a significant injury. Uh, so Brendan Lewis, really fun dual-threat quarterback. Uh, I actually have him on a roster for a deeper college decanton league myself. Went 6 of 10 for like about 100 yards passing and ran for another 73 yards on the ground with a rush, rushing touchdown against Texas in that same bowl game that I just alluded to moments ago and uh, he he doesn't have a ton of proven weapons so they may ask him to pretty much carry the offense and so if he's doing that on a, on a week-to-week basis and having any success whatsoever uh, he's even though he doesn't come from a um, prototypical NFL draft factory school he should generate some hype so keep that name in your back pocket Brendan Lewis out of Colorado last quarterback I just want to mention Haynes King Texas A&M he's replacing of course Kellen Mond, Aggies quarterbacks have been consistently productive, especially Kellen Mond in the previous uh, three or four years here. And Haynes King is a really fun dual threat with some speed. They've been bringing in weapons there for quite some time. Uh, we, we just needed to see some of them uh, produce consistently. So Haynes King should add some on the ground, has a bunch of weapons out of the backfield to toss to, like an I Smith, and a couple of high pedigree wide receivers to target as well. So Haynes King could explode in the SEC this fall at quarterback. Tons of quarterbacks to get excited about. I could go on for days, but I, I want to shift over to some uh, positions that I, I know uh, more of our listen, listeners care about, and that's the running back position, wide receiver position, tight ends. 
And again, I'm going to start off with the obvious names like Zachary Evans, TCU, Bijan Robinson, Texas, Jameer Gibbs, Georgia Tech, and Tank Bigsby of Auburn because all four of those guys, while they did really incredibly well as true freshmen, they weren't completely given the reins all season long to just go with it and, and have the offense be their own. But it looks like that's going to be the case with perhaps all four of these guys now going into this fall. Zachary Evans. Uh, was the top five-star running back in his class for forever. Had eight yards per touch on the season last year. And now Darwin Barlow is gone. He's now over at USC. So that was going to be the main competition for Zachary Evans. But uh, he's going to eat this year and probably be the most productive TCU running back since uh, LaDainian Tomlinson. And then B. John Robinson, I don't know what in the world they were thinking, not handing him the keys to the offense earlier in the year because he finished in his final four games, as I just actually wrote up over at SolidVerbal.com. He, he actually finished with 11.84 yards per touch in his final four games. So B. John Robinson, another five-star kind of talent at the running back position, already has the feature back skill set, feature back size, crazy speed now. Uh, he, he's just going to anchor that offense in Texas and uh, run away. It looks, looks like the, the running back one perhaps in 2023 uh, Jameer Gibbs for Georgia Tech, though, had 15% of Georgia Tech's receiving yards just a year ago as a true freshman and not not even a wide receiver, but a, a, as a running back. So Jameer Gibbs, true feature back skill set, needs to add a little bit of weight, but he has uh, the pedigree. He has the skill set. He was a top 100 recruit and is going to be really driving that offense for two more seasons at least on his way to early draft capital in 2023 as well. All these guys just entering their second season so far, Zachary Evans, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, all 2023 eligible. That class looks absolutely stacked. And that's not even before I get to Tank Bigsby, who, in my opinion, could be the running back one among all of the bunch in that stacked class. Bigsby already had 1,200 all-purpose yards last year because he was returning kicks dominating on the ground, uh, having almost 900 yards there and catching some passes. So he's going to be really just taking the driver's seat in Brian Harson's run-heavy scheme that, that gives their, their running backs like 23, 24, 25 touches per game. And he's been doing that for like seven years over at Boise State. And, and a guy with, with Tank Bigsby's, Bigsby's frame, with his strength, with, with his ability to contribute in all facets of the game is just going to dominate college football for two more seasons and it's going to be a lot of fun to see how that goes so all four of those guys all four of those guys could be really in in the first round discussion when it gets to 2023 that's going to be one of the best running back classes we've ever seen if they all declare early but one more guy in that group that I think could be a lot of fun is Jalen Berger Wisconsin he actually is coming off a minor leg injury that he had I think earlier this week uh, but if he's healthy, wheels up because he doesn't have much uh, to compete with. Nikia Watson's now gone. Garrett Groshek is now gone. They brought in Ches Malusi, who was like going to be the running back 15 for Clemson, but he, he just uh, transferred out of town because he wasn't good enough to play. But Jalen Berger, four-star running back talent with a bunch of speed and strength. And so uh, Wisconsin loves to feed their backs. That's going to be one name to get to know this fall for sure. And uh, this next name, probably really obvious, but he, we have yet to see him break out with a nation-leading type of numbers because he was wasted to Tennessee. But Eric Gray, I'll mention him over and over because uh, Matt Wispay, uh, a good friend of the show, uh, will not have it if I disparage him whatsoever. But uh, Eric Gray... We might have some concerns about Kennedy Brooks taking some work there, but Eric Gray should absolutely explode for the Oklahoma Sooners in what is probably almost inevitably 
uh, call it a lock, if you will, going to be a top five offense in the nation. Eric Gray, running back from Tennessee, now with Oklahoma Sooners, could be a top three running back in the 2022 NFL draft. So really can't wait to see him break out and just absolutely smash this fall. And now the names I'm about to mention here on out might be guys you're not super familiar with. So take out a notepad and pen and paper, or whatever, if you're over the age of like 40 or 50. But uh, Austin Jones, uh, Stanford is a name that not everyone is, is privy to because uh, frankly, Stanford has been terrible uh, over the past several years. And uh, they've, they've not been doing as well at recruiting. Uh, they've not been doing as well at, at you know actually being good on the field, and they're not returning much production. They're not even in the top 100 in terms of returning production this year. So they're going to need to lean heavily on Austin Jones, a guy who had like 500 yards in his limited action last year. He's going to be the focal point of that offense and could work his way into some capital in 2022, or if he, even if he chooses to stay uh, another year, he should work into day two capital even beyond next year's NFL draft. But back to a guy who transferred uh, out away from Bijan Bijan Robinson at Texas. Keontae Ingram uh, was kind of left for dead, you know, because he was uh, not as good as Bijan Robinson because Bijan Robinson uh, for Texas looks like a future first-round pick. Uh, And Ingram wasn't always perfectly healthy, but he could now lead USC in touches uh, this year if, if things go right for them and, and they need a running back difference maker uh, at the Trojans they could not get the rushing attack going and that really hurt their passing efficiency numbers as well just all, all around they couldn't get things going uh, so I'd love to see Ingram dominate and add some uh, some catches too if given the opportunity I know he can succeed he's done so in a smaller sample at Texas already and a few more guys at running back Jerome Ford Former Alabama running back, not many people remember when he was actually one of the backups there at Alabama, but he was a four-star running back, transferred to Cincinnati, and uh, no idea why he wasn't given more touches just a year ago. Only explanation might be that, uh, you know, Jared Dokes was just kind of given the veteran nod or whatever. He was kind of a bigger-bodied guy who could, you know, just push it in the end zone. He has some strength, but Jerome Ford is way more explosive. And uh, so he should easily surpass Jared Dokes' 16 touches per game from a year ago for Cincinnati. And Cincinnati looks like they're yet again going to be a top 20 team in the country, uh, led by veteran quarterback Desmond Ritter. So Jerome Ford, if he proves he, if he proves he can catch passes, if he proves he can take on a feature workload this year, he could work into some J2 capital in a draft uh, upcoming here soon. And another transfer running back, we're going down the line, we're seeing all these transfer running backs make the list here. And we're going to see that more and more, as I've mentioned before, just because the one-time transfer rule is now, you know, open for immediate eligibility for, you know, virtually everybody. And and so that's a great thing for the players. But Ty Ty Chandler, another guy who had his career wasted at Tennessee, now with North Carolina, he is clearly the leader of the backfield. Uh, Coming into a situation that we just saw Javante Williams and Michael Carter rush for over 1,000 yards just a year ago. Uh, One of the best offenses in the country, led by one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and Sam Howell. Ty Chandler is going to be the veteran that they go to on an every-down kind of basis. Is immediately going to at least see Michael Carter kind of work uh, workload from a year ago. So that's going to be somebody who breaks out and enters early draft discussion as well if he proves to be as bursty as he was coming out of high school. Uh, that wasn't always on display at Tennessee because he was getting hit in the backfield every other play, but he ran a 4-4 in high school. So I'd love to see him be able to use that speed in space for the Tar Heels. 
and you, you may have noticed I haven't mentioned basically any freshmen. It's because mainly I, I mentioned a bunch of the freshman running backs that were interesting last week. And it's also because this true freshman running back class looks pretty awful in terms of both skill uh, and depth. And uh, really, they're all in almost all in bad spots to really break out. You know, maybe Donovan Edwards does something for Michigan. Uh, and I do believe that Trevion Henderson is going to be a difference maker for Ohio State. But he looks like the only just obvious name that's going to smash this fall among true freshmen. So maybe there's somebody else that surprises. You know, Devin Neal for Kansas, I mentioned. Uh, Demir, uh, Demir Collins, I think, uh, for uh, Oregon State. But it doesn't look great for the true freshman guys to see a bunch of breakouts like we just did uh, a year ago. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I just want to take a second to thank you for tuning in to today's show. My name is Colin Kelly, co-host of the Road of His Overtime podcast, along with the great Sean Siegel. We do appreciate each and every listener, and as a thank you to each of you, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL pass. We're heading at full speed towards the season. Make sure you're ready. Get yourself access to all the content and tools up on the Road of His website. All you have to do is add the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout to get yourself that 10% discount. Now let's go and dominate the fantasy leagues in 2021 but on to wide receivers uh, there are some obvious names again at the top want to get those out of the way that i think are going to continue to break out in a big way this year uh first off with the two five-star guys from a year ago rakeem jarrett maryland Keishon butte lsu rakeem jarrett 
already posted like a 26% dominator rating last fall, but it was a super small sample. And really it came from one huge game where he scored a couple of touchdowns, but he should again be the focal point in that offense alongside Dante Dimas Jr. On a team that returns a lot of key pieces, returns their quarterback. Uh, he could continue to grow and really account for probably 30% of that offense this fall. So re- remember Rakeem Jarrett looks like a, like a Debo Samuel type clone uh, so lots to get excited about with him. But Keishon Boutte, LSU, already posted a, a little bit lesser of a Dominator rating last fall because most of his production came in one huge game, but uh, accounted for about 22% of the offense down the stretch and really just came from two huge games. But but with Mac Johnson as his quarterback, son of uh, you know former quarterback in the NFL, Brad Johnson, Max Johnson at the helm for LSU, uh, that should mean great things for Keishon Boutte because I don't know if you remember who his quarterback was, uh, who uh, Keishon Boutte's quarterback was in his ridiculous game to to kind of finish the out, uh, year out at Old Miss. But uh, Max Johnson hit him 14 times in one game for 300 receiving yards. So uh, look for that connection to continue to flourish this fall. Another obvious name for me, and maybe not for everyone, that's listening in because you don't care about TCU football, but Quentin Johnson, that guy averaged like 20 yards per reception last year, was was 27% of the TCU receiving offense in games that he played, and his target share should only expand. Yes, they still have like Tay, Tay Barber, uh, you know, J.D. Spielman, who didn't really do anything, a couple other guys there, but Johnson's the guy. He's, he's the difference maker on that offense, so he should continue to explode and perhaps be in the 30 to 35% range in terms of overall a receiving yard market share this year for the Horned Frogs. And I mentioned that the Clemson wide receivers earlier finally getting healthy. I mean, looking at Justin Ross, who is now officially practicing, he's probably going to break back out, you know, after his absence with his uh, kind of uh, career threatening uh, struggles last year, uh, but he's back and at practice. But EJ Williams is, is probably the best bet to truly break out. Uh, but if you look at the two deep depth chart that was just recently released for the Clemson Tigers, uh, they, it, it's going to be a rotation. So it might be a little bit frustrating. The, the actual peak production for all these guys might be a little bit frustrating unless somebody misses more time again because it, it, it lists right now uh, Joe Nagata or EJ Williams. And then or, or like it's Frank, Frank Ladson or EJ Williams in uh, a couple spots. So it, it's hard to tell who's going to be the other largely targeted wide receiver there but all four of the guys there Justin Ross, EJ Williams, Joe Nagata and Frank Ladson should do some damage and be amazing weapons for DJ Uyangalele so all four probably end up in the pros at least two of those are probably going to get some decent capital when it's all said and done. Before I round the show out with just a few more freshman wide receivers uh, Cornelius Johnson of Michigan is a name that I think many have forgotten is still around uh, because Michigan hasn't been known to put up huge passing numbers in recent seasons. But they've actually been trending towards being a pass-first offense. Just late last year, they, they actually were averaging over 35 pass attempts per game to only 29 rush attempts per game. And so if they continue on that track, Cornelius Johnson, who actually snagged 16 catches in his four games last fall and accounted for three out of the nine receiving touchdowns for the team, uh, could be the, the breakout star because uh, he does a lot of the things that I think Nico Collins did really well. He's got that speed he love. He can win outside, but he can. Ri- he, he's an okay route runner as well. So Cornelius Johnson, Michigan, uh, would be a fun name to see break out in huge fashion this fall. 
but it's another fun offense. Uh, back to North Carolina. I mentioned Ty Chandler on the ground, but North Carolina has a fun guy who probably figures to be a slot in the NFL. Josh Downs boomed in the bowl game uh, with four receptions for 91 yards and two touchdowns for North Carolina when they were missing Diami Brown late last season as a true freshman. Now he should be the focal point alongside Bo Corrales and whoever else breaks out could be Caffrey Brown, the, the brother of Diami Brown or, or Emory Simmons there on the outside. But Josh Downs is probably the volume go-to weapon for North Carolina. And then Jackson Smith and Jigba for Ohio State. I love to see him break out more. Uh, I mentioned him briefly uh, talking about C.J. Stroud. Uh, Ohio State just has too many weapons uh, for him to really break out in a huge way. He should see an expanded role and be the starting slot for them this year. But Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are going to get theirs. And they're going to be early round draft picks next spring. So uh, Smith and Jigba is probably just going to be an explosive one-year wonder kind of player in 2022. uh, And not this fall. Because uh, I, I know I, I've had some questions on that player here recently, but his his, his ceiling's probably just capped this fall. But to round out the show with a few freshmen, a couple tight ends to know, I, I keep mentioning Xavier Worthy, but uh, it's because Texas and the program and coaching staff and everyone surrounding the team keeps on mentioning Xavier Worthy. Uh, they can't stop raving about the kid, and he's had a ton of opportunity in camp to prove himself after transferring, he well, changing his mind, rather. He was supposed to go to Michigan, ended up going to Texas. He came in kind of later, but he's had tons of opportunity because players transferred out. I mean, Jake Smith's no longer there. Malcolm Epps left the program. Uh, Joshua Moore missed some time. Uh, and Worthy has been getting tons of runs. So he should be a focal point on the offense in year one uh, with an offensive-minded coach and Steve Sarkeesian who loves to get speedy guys in space and just hit them and let them make plays. And that's what Xavier Worthy is going to do. Probably is going to have the biggest explosion uh, among any true freshman wide receiver in the country for the Texas Longhorns. And then, of course, all the Bama wide receivers. There's four of them. You should probably get to know all four of them because – Three or four are probably going to get drafted one day. Ja'Cory Brooks, Ajay Hall, JoJo Earl, and Christian Leary. One or two of them is going to do something this year, but it's probably going to be more focused on the veteran targets this year, and one of which I'll get to as, as we close out here. But all those are names to know for sure. But Brian Thomas uh, and Deion Smith at LSU, one of them is going to break out uh, alongside Kayshawn Boutte, the guy that I was just uh, raving about earlier. Uh, Brian Thomas Jr. has been making plays over and over in camp and is a top 100 type of player, a big bodied wide receiver. Coach O has been talking him up. So I, it was Deion Smith that they were raving, out for, raving about for a while uh, at the end of spring and in, into summer. But one of those guys is going to break out, Brian, Brian Thomas Jr. or Deion Smith, uh, one of the true freshmen, both top 100 wide receivers, uh, top 100 players in their entire recruiting class going to break out this year. Uh, It could be both of them, but probably only going to be one in their true freshman year. Uh, It's looking more and more like Brian Thomas Jr. instead of Deion Smith, but uh, it it could be both when it's all said and done. And then just a few tight ends to know and and, and tight ends to make a note of. Cade Otten of Washington uh, should lead the team in receptions and touchdowns uh, with the team consistently rotating wide receivers all this offseason. They have one super mega veteran like in his fifth season, I believe, and Terrell Bynum. Uh, Rome Adunzi and uh, Jalen McMillan are kind of fun too, but they, they rotate uh, enough that I think it's probably going to be Otten's show because uh, he's going to be the guy staying on the field all the time, uh, staying in and, and blocking on on the run plays and, and, and taking over as a receiver as well. He actually had almost 20 catches for over 250 yards and three scores in just four games last fall. So Cade Otten of Washington 
uh, a name to know. And another guy, though, who keeps staying on the field while his team rotates wide receivers is Austin Stogner at Oklahoma. Grabbed 26 receptions for 422 yards last year and three scores in just his eight games. And he could continue to explode in, in a season where they're about like nine nine guys deep at the wide receiver position for Oklahoma. But Stogner, who plays that kind of big slot, uh, you know, what Mark Andrews used to run uh, for Oklahoma. Uh, Stogner looks to be that guy who can block as an inline or be a big slot modern tight end, move tight end. Uh, he's probably going to get capital when it's all said and done, too. So Austin Stogner, Oklahoma. And lastly, I mentioned where the targets were probably going to go for Alabama. It's going to go to John Mechie, and it's going to probably go to Jaleel Billingsley, who down the stretch after like near the end of November to the end of the year, Billingsley actually caught 17 balls for 274 yards uh, down the stretch for Bama last year. And now he could be kind of like the de facto wide receiver too until uh, you know the, uh, some of the true freshmen I mentioned for Alabama get fully up to speed. Kind of a la, you know, the 2017 year when most of the targets were going to Calvin Ridley uh, as, you know, we were watching Jerry Judy and Harry Henry Ruggs and Devontae Smith just kind of develop throughout the year. I think most of the targets could go to John Mechie and Jaleel Billingsley. But those are all the kind of breakout players I'd like to highlight and kind of plant my flag on and, and, and you know, highlight and spotlight for you guys this week. But I can't believe we're, we're just about already to the NFL season, already almost to college football season. But be looking forward to Stefan's episode later this week. You can find him on on Twitter at StefanLeco. And you'll get his episode later this week. I believe he's actually having Matt Harmon on to uh, talk about some wide receivers and reception perception and things like that that he, uh, he puts together. So look forward to that episode here soon. We'll keep mixing it up with the college football and NFL goodness. But I hope you guys uh, are enjoying football being back. And uh, you guys can look forward to many more episodes of the College to Canton podcast. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.